Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 1104 of the Juice Box Podcast. At age 55, in the middle of the COVID shutdown, a 55-year-old audiologist named Denise was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. She also has a 17-year-old daughter with an immune deficiency. Of course, her doctor thought she had type 2, but you know the story. And if you don't know it, here it comes. Please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. When you place your first order for AG1 with my link, you'll get five free travel packs and a free year's supply of vitamin D. Drink AG1.com slash juice box. Don't forget to save 40% off of your entire order at CozyEarth.com. All you have to do is use the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout. That's JUICEBOX at checkout to save 40% at CozyEarth.com. If you're looking for community around type 1 diabetes, check out the Juice Box Podcast private Facebook group, Juice Box Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by the insulin pump that my daughter wears, Omnipod. Learn more and get started today with the Omnipod Dash or the Omnipod 5 at my link, omnipod.com slash juicebox. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by U.S. Med, usmed.com slash juicebox, or call 888-721-1514. U.S. Med is where my daughter gets her diabetes supplies from, and you could too. Use the link or number to get your free benefit check and get started today with U.S. Med. My name's Denise, and I am 57 years old, and I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes when I was 55. Oh, wow. This just happened. Yes, it did. A couple of years. Uh, yeah. Well, then the obvious questions are, is there autoimmune in your family, other people with type 1, or any reason you would have expected this to happen? Yeah, no reason that I expected it to happen. Um, no type 1 in the family. No other major autoimmune that I know of, except some of my own. So I've had minor episodes of psoriasis. Um, I've had, I know you've talked about it in some of the other podcasts. I have a history of endometriosis. Mm -hmm. um, and I know they're looking at that as potentially autoimmune inflammatory. I have lots of inflammatory responses. Did not expect it to happen. Um, and so... Yeah, kind of came out of left field. I have a medically complex and chronically, not functionally chronically, but chronically ill child. And so who was diagnosed with an immune deficiency in the middle of COVID. Hmm. And so I was chalking up some of the symptoms to stress. I mean, we've all talked about and heard yeah. on the podcast of, you know, well, I attributed this symptom to this thing and that symptom to something else and never put the whole picture together. Yeah. You were doing the same thing. Lots of fatigue and yeah. Yeah. How old so, is your child? Um, she will, she just graduated high school. She's 17. Okay. All right. Um, yep. so, okay. So during, so this yeah. is all, this is all happening. 
Are you yeah. having any of the real big classic signs? Are you losing weight or? Um, I was losing weight, but you know, I'm a 55 year old at that point, perimenopausal woman. So I wasn't concerned that I was losing weight. I was kind of trying to lose some pounds. Right. right. And it was coming off. I mean, I didn't drastically over the course of about six, seven months, I probably lost, I think 12 or 15 pounds, but you know, a couple pounds a month and I'm working at getting healthier and exercising more and watching what I eat. So I wasn't overly concerned about the weight loss. I was drinking more in an interesting one. And I think you've talked about this one too. I have always been averse to having ice in my drinks, but I, I couldn't get enough ice. I mean, I wanted, I wanted ice water. I wanted ice cold water. I was getting up in the middle of the night and filling a glass with ice, hmm. um, which was unusual for me. But I wasn't going to the bathroom. And people are like, aren't you going to the bathroom more? Didn't, weren't you? And I'm like, no, I wasn't. But, you know, I'm a busy mom who works. So I go breakfast, lunch, dinner, bed, breakfast, lunch, dinner. I mean, so <laughs> I didn't have time to stay, take a time and go to the bathroom. Um, but, yeah, so fatigue, um, lots of um, thirst. Um, in hindsight, I hadn't attributed this either. I've had lots of orthopedic issues. I was having um, muscle cramps in my legs. Okay. And uh, as soon as I got the diagnosis, I hadn't even told the doctor about that one. She did the lab work and came back with the diagnosis. And then I'm like, when I went for the one week follow up, I'm like, oh yeah, by the way, I've got all these cramps. She's like, of course you do because you're dehydrated. I thought I wasn't eating enough bananas and I was working out trying to lose weight. So I thought it was all related to that. That's um, fascinating. That's really uh, intense cramping in my legs. I think it's really interesting to hear an adult tell that story after hearing so many like parents talk about all the things that in hindsight they see and that they wish they would have understood better. But I mean, how are you going to do that? Like you've been alive a long time. I mean, you've obviously you're helping a child that has issues. You're not, you're right. not, not right. alien to looking into things and. And still, that's right. what happened to you. Well, okay. Yeah. So yeah. what what pushes it over and helps you figure it out? Yep. So I was having lots of fatigue. Um, this is through the winter holidays. So Christmas time, um, diagnosis came the first week of January. If we back up in time in that summer, end of July, early August, I was ill and was in at the doctor. She did lab work. So at that time, she didn't do an A1C, but she did a, a, a CMP and my glucose levels were fine. Um, I think I was like 110 after eating breakfast, like mid-morning labs or something. So nobody flagged, oh, wow, that's a problem, which is the general glucose level. So it was all fine in July. I was ill, had a virus, had all of the stress around my daughter's diagnosis and her management and her health. And I just was still really, really fatigued coming off of Thanksgiving and into Christmas. And I'm like, okay, I just got to make time for me. I just got to go to the doctor and see what's going on here. Yeah. So she did some lab work, a fair amount of lab work. Um, did a physician. She's like, yeah, I don't, you know, maybe it's just, a, you know, your cortisol levels are probably through the roof with all the things that are going on in your life, you know. And so talk to me about stress relief and trying to balance that. And then um, she did lab work and it was on a Friday, very clear. She, she called me as I was driving to work and said, and so this is during COVID, so I wasn't seeing a whole lot of patients. She said, well, I'm just going to say it. You are a, I was driving to my workplace to get some things. I don't t typically work. I didn't usually typically work at that time. She's like, you are a diabetic. Now, I'm going to tell you, Denise, I don't think you're a typical diabetic, but I need to start you on some oral meds. I mean, so I think she meant, quote, the stereotypical type two. Okay. So even though I was wanting to lose a few pounds, I was not 
extremely mm-hmm. <clears throat> built as she would expect a type two. I exercised. I have lots and lots of food sensitivities. So I eat a fairly low carb, whole 30 type diet. I had been for years just because it helps with the inflammatory other things in my in my body. And so I felt better when I ate that way. Mm-hmm. So I ate that way anyway. And she's like, so I know what you eat. I know you exercise. I know you do this. So I don't think you're typical, but we need to start you on metformin. We need to start you on this. We need to do that. I'm like, yeah, hold the phone. Can we retest? Because this just seems like really strange. Because I agree. I, I don't know that I've seen any markers for that. Can we retest tomorrow? She said, absolutely. Let's hold off. But I do need you to get some insulin because my blood glucose at that point, I think, was it was not high. It was like 300, maybe 300, 400 something. My A1C was 13.5. Wow. And she's like, so how do you feel? I'm like, I'm feeling different than I did yesterday or three days ago when I was in your office. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. She's like, because maybe you need to go to the hospital. I'm like, why? I've got this at home. I've got that at home. I don't feel any different. I'm just tired all the time. Why would I want to go to the hospital? Because they're going to keep me. And she goes, okay, then I'll send you home, but I need you to get the insulin and probably we'll start the metformin tomorrow, but we need the insulin to get it down right away and um, and we'll retest tomorrow. I love how um, easy it is to push your doctor around on any thought whatsoever. <laughs> oh, wait, if you like that, just wait till the next step. So then I go home. I go into work and I'm like, I don't know that I can do this right now. I was picking up some paperwork and I, we were trying to schedule some things. I'm like, they just told me I have diabetes. We're not sure what's going on. She thinks I'm pretty sick. I think I need to go home and process this. So I did. And I called my phone a friend, neighbor who is my walking partner in the neighborhood. And she has a daughter who is in her mid twenties now, but was diagnosed at 11 with type one diabetes. Mm -hmm. And they went to our small school, parochial school, 200 students. So, I mean, so knew her very well. And I'm like, and they just told me I have diabetes. And she's like, I'm coming over. She's like, look, I know you. And I know this sounds judgmental, but I'm telling you, you're type one. You need to call that doctor back. She had called me from her personal cell phone on a Friday afternoon. She's like, I don't care. Call her back. Call that number. Leave a message. Tell her you want a GAD 65 run because I'm telling you right now, this is autoimmune. I know you. I know your life. I know your lifestyle. Make sure that they run that because we're not getting this wrong from the beginning. Wow. And she was right. They ran a GAD 65 the next day. They ran an insulin assay. Okay. So looking at the total insulin in my body. I just pulled that back up to look for the podcast. The normal range was three to 20 something plus. I don't remember the high end because I remember I was 3.2. Right at the bottom. I didn't have enough insulin in my body. Wow. And the GAD 65 came back flagged. She's like, how did you know you are right? You are type one, my doctor. She's like, so now I need to get you to endocrinology. And we're not going to start metformin and take that insulin. And did you tell her I asked my neighbor instead of a doctor? I know, right? (laughs) But it just goes to support what you're doing here, too. I mean, again, I talked to someone who lived the life, walked the walk, and she's like, Yeah, no. You know, I've been in this space. I'm telling you, I think this is it. And she knew about my other inflammatory issues. I mean, we chat like neighbors on, on our walks and stuff. So she knew about some of my health history and food stuff. So the transition wasn't terribly hard because of the way I ate already. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so I didn't have to quote, modify my food even in the beginning to get hold of it. 
to get hold of how the insulin works. Was there any kind of a honeymoon or did you have a, a pretty significant yeah. need? And actually, yeah, fast forward to it. I She's put in an urgent call to an urgent referral to the endocrine office. And they called back and said, we can see you in three and a half months. And I'm like, I called back. I'm like, yeah, no, that's not going to work for me. <laughs> Sorry. Mind you, I have a medically complex daughter. So yes, I do push physicians around. And they're like, no, but that's when we can get you in. I said, excuse me, I was not just diagnosed as type two. I'm not taking some oral meds. I need to know what the heck I'm doing with this insulin. And you need to see me now. Yeah. And then I got in in three weeks. Do you think that because of your age, they just assumed you were trying to change practices at first? Or did they know you were a new diagnosis? No, they knew I was a new diagnosis because I didn't call. My physician referred me over and said, I have this new oh, diagnosis. okay. All right. All right. She was... put in the referral and the endo office called me. I didn't even call them. I was trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, yeah. I, I heard a stat yeah. yesterday. I don't re- – I heard a stat, and I'm going to tell you I don't remember any of the numbers. But um, there are not endocrinologists in, like, a significant amount of counties in the country. In 2015 – I needed support to start making this podcast, and Omnipod was there. They bought my first ad. In a year when the entire podcast got as many downloads as it probably got today, Omnipod was there to support the show. And they have been every year for nine seasons. I want to thank them very much, and I want to ask you to check them out at Omnipod.com slash juicebox. Arden has been getting her diabetes supplies from U.S. Med for three years. You can as well. USmed.com slash juicebox or call 888-721-1514. My thanks to U.S. Med for sponsoring this episode and for being longtime sponsors of the Juicebox podcast. There are links in the show notes and links at juiceboxpodcast.com to U.S. Med and all of the sponsors. So, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Yes. So, again... I had a support network, my neighbor across the street, two other families in that small school, another family had children with type one and another family in our neighborhood that also went to our church. Um, The husband had been type one since he was like eight or nine and he was in my age range. Mm -hmm. So I had lots of resources right away. By the time I got to the endo office, three weeks later, this goes back to your honeymoon. I'm like, okay. So I said, here's, Here's my insulin. We figured out in the first week my insulin to carb ratio, my correction factor, all with no basal insulin, no long acting insulin. And so I went in to meet virtually during COVID. I met with the CDE nutritionist first, and then I met with the physician. Um, but the CDE said, Yeah, I, okay, so we'll skip all what we usually tell you because you just told me your insulin to carb ratio. You just told me your correction factor. You just told me. She's like, and then maybe in the next appointment, we can talk about technology. I'm like, no, no, no. I want a CGM. And she's like, okay, well, there are two kinds. I'm like, yeah, I know. And I know which one I want. And she goes, okay, well, which one do you want? And I told her and she goes, oh, good. Cause that's the one I would have recommended. I mean, so it all went different, but she told me, she's like, you know, you will probably honeymoon. And actually you may honeymoon forever. I mean, the, the way you've described your lifestyle and your food and stuff, you may yeah, Not and, that, and those adult change. those adult onsets sometimes can take forever. She might have thought maybe you, but maybe she's seen right. a lot of lotta or something. Right, and so 
But I go back to, I had labs six months before that were normal. Yeah. So the onset was really fast. I think the onset was really fast. Yeah. Yes. Also, you, the way you describe it, I don't think it was not just fast, but I don't think it had been very long either. Like when when you look back, right, it wasn't something that lingered for you. Yeah. yeah. Correct. Okay. Yeah. I'd say six to seven months that it was kind of building up. So interesting though then as we go back so she's like i think you may honeymoon forever i think we may have you in this special box over here by yourself <laughs> you know that yeah, yeah. I but i think i'm coming out of it now mm-hmm. because in the last few months i notice a difference with fat and protein i mean because before that fat and protein i'm like yeah they keep talking about this fat and protein rise and warsaw method and all this and i'm like I don't see that. I don't see that in my lines. I don't see issues with that. Um, so, yeah, but now you're but starting now to begin. I, but now I'm starting to. Yeah. They're letting you out of that special box, huh? They are. <laughs> I'm trying to claw my way back into the, the mainstream here. So, In your mind, what shape is the box? Um, in my mind, I think it's a very special diamond-shaped box. Oh, there you go. That's lovely. <laughs> I was thinking the Nirvana song. Heart, but is it, and it wait is that a Nirvana song heart shaped box or is that a remake that Nirvana did? I don't know. My husband's the music person in the right. family. I well, don't do. Music. I don't think it matters. Uh, also, <laughs> I think a lot of people listening are like, "What's Nirvana?" Yeah, yeah, but I knew yeah. <laughs> that. I knew well, you're old like me, so I figured you would yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so okay, so you're you're married. You have kids. There's a lot yes. going on in your life. This happens. Not something you're expecting. How would you say you accepted the news? So, I mean, it's like, okay, fine, if, especially with my phone a friend. If this is what my life is, let me get this figured out. I am, as I describe myself, a type A firstborn OCD control freak. So I'm like, okay, I don't have mental space for this because I got all this stuff going on with the other family members. So yeah. tell me what I need to do. Let me get this figured out. My walking buddy is an engineer math person um, who's so we're like, okay. So she's like, I'll step you through. I mean, and so we got it figured out right from the I'm like, I don't have time to deal with it. So I just need to get it figured out. So I found Juicebox Facebook page. So diagnosed in January, had a CGM by mid-February after fighting with the insurance for a couple, three weeks. Um, and then I started Dash in May. Wow. The The CDE said I could start them both at the same time. And I said, thank you. I've got a lot going on. I think I want to learn learn one thing and get it and get it figured out. And then I'll add something else in. And I was fine. I mean, my doses were low enough with MDI that it wasn't like I was trying to push in tons, 10, 15 units at a time. I mean, my basal dose was four units. And if I was taking three to four units at a meal, because I also ate and still eat so low carb that I I wasn't taking much in. So I'm like, the injections really aren't bothering me. Let me get the CGM. And I mean to tell you, I had it two days and I had a sensor failure and I put on a new sensor and the transmitter failed. And then I called my friends with these other families that are, I'm like, I can't, I don't have it. They're like, I know we told you, you were, as soon as you got it, you were going to love it. And you were going to have a love hate relationship with it because as soon as it goes out, you're going to go, what do you mean? Where's my data? And finger pricking, you know, to get the trend line. I mean, within two or three days, my engineer brain is following that trend line. Can I ask, and I missed it. I have a question. In the beginning, when when you had a failure of the device, right? Have you had a lot since then? No, no. It was just a fluke thing. The transmit. I mean, so the sensors. I think maybe in the two and a half years, I've had two or three sensor failures mm-hmm. total. So that first one. So not really. 
But I don't know why the transmitter failed. Sensor failure, user error. Listen, I wasn't there, right? And yeah. this is anecdotal at best. Yeah. But a lot of the failures, I'm not that stuff doesn't yeah. fail. I'm not saying that. But yeah. a lot of the failures that I see online are very frequently with people who are newer to the equipment, too. Well, you it know? was interesting because it didn't fail. It failed like on day three. Yeah. I mean, so it wasn't after an insertion. So then the sensor failed. And, and so... I don't know if I damaged the transmitter trying to get it out or I don't, something I don't because see then I put can. in a new yeah. sensor and it started giving me a transmitter error and I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, no, no, no. The sensor was bad, not the transmitter. And yeah. I called support and they're like, well, we can get you something in a week. I'm like, you don't understand. I just got this and I don't have a backup yet. Right. So I've built a backup set. Uh, again, not to say that that's what happened to you. Just anecdotally. I see yeah, that a lot. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Also, yeah. also a, a favorite of mine is the, the, there was this person that's a couple weeks ago in the Facebook group. And she's an adult. She hasn't had diabetes for very long. And she's like, there's something wrong with my pump. I'm going to change it. She changes it. Change, and, and by the time I'm watching this thread, she's like, well, I've changed my pump three times. And I'm like, I, I got in. I was like, hey, stop doing that. <laughs> I, was right. like, I was like, every new site doesn't work great. You're just staying in the like just leave it on push some insulin through it and that's a thing you learn one day and then yep, that doesn't right. happen to you anymore and it's just right. i mean it's very common and again not that this is what happened to you because it doesn't sound like it is but when it's always interesting when people then jump online and go this stuff doesn't work and i'm like you've been using it for eight seconds why do you think you're the arbiter of what works or what doesn't it's just interesting that's all I deal with that professionally too. I'm an audiologist. Okay. And so then I prescribe hearing aids. And for the last 10 years, I've worked with the VA. And so then trying to explain technology and Bluetooth connections and medical <laughs> yeah. devices. So so when I when I got the the news that, oh, well, yeah, don't update your your iOS yet because we gotta work out the bugs first. I'm like, oh well, yeah, of course, because that happens in the hearing aid world too. They're like That makes sense. Used to answer my phone and now it doesn't. It it rings different and and why does it keep alarming every time I get a, a text message and I'm like, okay, here, let me help you with your settings. So I mean, so I get that. And uh, so uh, I'm incredibly yeah. amused at managing you sitting in a room with an older person like yelling, It's Bluetooth. It, it's it's blue it's how the phone connects. Can you hear me? Bluetooth. Yeah. So different hearing aids connect differently. So along that same line. So then I'm like, do you have an Apple or an Android phone? Or do you use a flip phone? And they're like, I don't know. It's a Verizon phone. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, and very much. Okay, so now we, do you have a computer? Yes. Okay, so, you know, like Windows is part of it. And then you can have, uh, you know, a Dell computer and you get your cable service and your it so I don't want your service provider. I want the brand of your phone. You're already it's lost. It's Verizon. Yeah, you're already <laughs> lost. The so, eight, on yeah. my phone, the seven, the eight, and the nine are in a line. Do you know which one that is? <laughs> <laughs> right. I know, right? So yeah, so so I get the to work through the the troubleshooting and stuff. So yeah, I don't know if that's what happened, but it it was for sure new. But it was for sure I was depending on that and then. And they're like, yeah, you won't care as much if a pump goes out as you will if that CGM goes out once you get rolling with this technology. And yeah. I totally agree with yeah. that. So where, um, why did we have you on the podcast? You reached out and I said I'm an adult onset who started on Omnipod 5. Oh, so wait, but you're using Dash now? No, no, no. So I had the Dash within a few months. So then uh, I uh, okay. so diagnosed in January of 21, CGM, I got a Dexcom in February of 21 
Dash in May of 21 and Omnipod 5 in June of 22. That is definitely why I wanted to have you on, because um, to ask this question. Uh, but when you kept saying Dash, I was like, oh, maybe she just went back. No, to no, no. So I switched. So no, that was just what I started with. Oh, okay. So okay. I started with, it was interesting because the adult that I talked to in the neighborhood, I mean, the my go-to resource, I told, I asked all of them, okay, so how long do I need to wait till I get a pump? And they're like, it's going to be six months. The insurance will make you and the doctor's office will make you. And I'm like, yeah, well, I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll, I'll get it when I'm ready. Okay. But okay. And so, and I said, and tell me about the different kinds of pumps because I knew the families that had children, even high school age children used Omnipod, which tubeless was very um, appealing to me. And then the adult used, um, I think he used Medtronic. He had a tubed pump. He had just switched to a T-Slim, I think, when I talked to him. Okay. And so he said, I said, so what, tell me, I'm, I'm an information gatherer, decision maker type A. So I'm like, so tell me about, tell me about, tell me about. And I said, so what time, what time, how long and what kind? And he's like, you'll probably want a tubed pump because they'll hold more insulin. So you'll get 300 units into the cartridge versus oh. a tubed pump that you can only put 200 units in. So that will probably cycle through faster. So you probably will end up getting a tubed pump. I'm like, okay, file that away. And I'm like, yeah, I want one of those. And then I'm looking at my charts and my data log and my paper and pencil notebook because I'm old. I did paper and pencil for about three months. And then I went to an app one app for a few months and then I switched over to SugarMate app and tracked all of my exercise, all of my carbs, all of my food and everything mm-hmm. in there until I remember hearing you say, and I'm like, yeah, hey, I don't know that I'll ever get there. I'm too type A. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm over it. Tracking all of it. I'm like, yeah, no, that's about, no, I'm going to weigh that. That's a potato. Or, Cause I eat carbs so infrequently those I need a little more specificity on, but he's like, you're going to want the more insulin. I'm looking at my charts going, you know, right. Even Doesn't still coming like out it. of honeymoon and bolusine mm. for fat and protein bumps to correct. I use about, I can get the 80 hours and I use about, um, 80 to a hundred units yeah, listen, in that 80 hours. Arden's insulin to carb ratio is like one to 4.7 right now or something like that. Yeah. And she doesn't have any trouble using an Omnipod and it doesn't, it does the 200 units doesn't run out. Yeah. And she, and so mine's you know, one, one to six right now. Mm-hmm. So no, yeah. I mean, I, she, but I eat so, but I eat so few carbs that it's like no. I, I don't even. I I learned the hack on how to underfill them to begin with, so I wasn't throwing out yeah. insulin. You Found only that need, one in the it, Facebook group. Yeah, I think you only need eighty units to initialize a Omnipod. Is that right? That's what they tell you. Okay, well, 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 hold uh, on. I don't know if I'm allowed to say what that. What's real? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and actually, my my um. My pump trainer, I had told her I'd heard about uh, a hack to maybe use a little bit. She's like, we, and again, I've worked in medical device, as an audiologist, I actually worked for a medical device company for about four years. So worked with the FDA, FDA approval. So totally understand that process too. I'm like, I understand you cannot support this. I also very quickly started putting my Dexcom other places when I saw that in European markets and other places it was approved. I'm like, well, this is an FDA thing. So I'm going with that. But she said, what I can tell you is when you hear the two beeps, you can stop, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So there is a way to 
get the two beeps to happen with less than 80 units. Going slower. Interesting. Going slower. Yeah, yep. I, I'm never going to. So she's like, I'm not going to tell you how many units. I'm just going to tell you, you may stop when you hear the two beeps. I'm oh. like, thank you. <laughs> Good enough. You just made me laugh. Um, Arden had, uh, she's on G7 now, Dexcom G7. Yep. And yeah. she had one failure of it. And we were trying to figure out what happened. And so we were actually on the, she was at college. I was home. We yep. were like three-way calling with Dexcom, trying to work it out, like figure out what was going on. And uh, the guy on the phone says, um, where are you wearing it? And Arden's like, like on my ass. <laughs> and yeah. um, and he goes, it's not approved for there. For, and right. Arden goes, you think my ass is the problem? <laughs> and I'm like, this is hilarious. And so we're on the phone and... Um, and 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 he's like yeah. he's like well no you try it on your arm and she goes I'm gonna put this on my arm to make him happy she's texting me like outside yeah. of the thing she goes yeah. but there's no way she's like I have bigger problems if my ass is the problem and I was like <laughs> okay right. and uh, it turns out it, it was not her ass and uh, right. yeah. uh, but I mean I think I think Arden's worn a Dexcom on her arms uh, four times in her life maybe. Y- you know, yeah. like, and she's been wearing it for years and years and years and years. So, um, uh, it's not FDA approved for where she wears it and it works terrific there. Right. So what are you going to do? Um, so Omnipod five algorithm, yep. but on a lower carb, like lifestyle. Yep. So can you tell me how many carbs you eat in a day? Approximately a huge thanks to us med for sponsoring this episode of the juice box podcast. Don't forget usmed.com slash juicebox. This is where we get our diabetes supplies from. You can as well. Use the link or call 888-721-1514. A huge thanks to Omnipod. Not just my longest sponsor, but my first one. Omnipod.com slash juicebox. If you love the podcast and you love tubeless insulin pumps, this link is for you. Omnipod.com slash juicebox. Usually, probably on a, quote, heavy day where we're out at some kind of activity or celebration, maybe 100 to 120, but on an average day, it's usually like 60 to 80. Okay. And how is Lots of fruits and vegetables and proteins is where most of that comes from. And how active are you the course of a week? I used to be more active because at my new position with the VA, I'm 100% remote seeing patients via telehealth. So I now sit at my desk 40 hours a week. Mm -hmm. Before that, I worked part-time. And so I was up and about, and the part-time was in-person patient care as an audiologist. So I was up and moving a whole lot more. So not as active. So I have noticed a change and actually talked to my new supervisor and said, I think I need to make some changes here and I may need a, a plan because I don't get up even to quote, go get the patient from the waiting room anymore. So you I'm should. still finishing chart notes. So I'm sitting wearing this 40 I've, hours a week. I have an idea. Most people would say, get a standing desk, but that's an investment. Yeah. What about one of those carts? Like it's a, a standing rolling thing. You, you're uh-huh. like your laptop would go on it. There'd be a little yeah. bit of desk space in front of you and you could like move around with it while you were walking. I don't know. I don't know no, because I've got three monitors because I'm oh. doing diagnostic testing. So I've got one that's a video audio feed. I've got one that's the remote computer where I'm running the audiometric equipment. I've got one where the charting's going. Oh, well, I didn't know you so worked for very special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know you worked yeah. for SpaceX. Okay. Um. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? So, no, I work for the federal government. That's who I work for. Oh, so. gotcha. I work for the VA. Oh, nice. So, I mean, it's a it's a great job. Yeah. But, yeah, you're going to have to, like, 
hokey. So then I, I need to build in brakes and stuff. I said, I'm noticing a difference. Have you seen, um, have you seen the little pedals that you can put under your desk? No, but that might work because that, I mean, yeah, so it, I have noticed a difference. So I was more active. So I do workouts and stuff and I'm still doing those, but the day-to-day activity has gone down. Mm-hmm. No, I understand. Um, okay. Well, so. but, but so how is the device working for you? Because that's one of the things you hear people go like, well, I don't know. Like, what if I'm very low, lower carb? Like, how's it going Interestingly, for you? Interestingly, it works really well. And I'm, I'm after this trip contemplating a reset, but I was one who very quickly ascribed to your here set your ranges and set your target and so I again was pretty obsessive about my numbers and my math and so when I was on the dash I you know had those nighttime targets at 85 and I I rode 80 85 87 all night yeah I was very concerned my a1c was going to go up because that's just a thing that we all worry about Mm -hmm. and it actually stayed the same so I got the dash in June. My next A1C was the following August, and it was exactly the same as the one six months before. Great for you. Yeah. And then the next one went down. So oh. even though it still says that it's targeting 110, I'm still holding my own in the mid to low fives. Wow, good for you. And and so, and so wow, how far did it drop when, when you saw the drop? Not far. I mean, within those tolerances so i went from yeah. a five four to a five one okay so i mean geez that's amazing though um yeah so that's a lot to do with your your diet you think i think so yeah yeah what I is think it so. what do you eat mostly uh fruits vegetables and proteins and things um so i mean i'll i will eat and we will bake but i'll bake with almond flour so i am grain free so no corn so no corn chips uh, no flour no wheat flour no oats mm-hmm. no rice is that because of your inflammatory stuff Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I was eating that way before the diagnosis. Yeah. So my number ratios, I'm still I look to be most days 30, 70. So 30% basil, 70%. I mean, so they are off, but mm-hmm. yeah, no. I'm about sugar mate says I'm 90% in range with a range of 65 to 140. Oh, that's terrific. Good for you. Well, congratulations. So. Um, Wow, that's really wonderful. You know, I, I was but, so it's been a learning curve. That was the thing I wanted families to know. I think coming at this as an adult, mm-hmm. there was a huge shift once I went MDI to Dash, and in a whole relearning. And it took almost a month to yeah. stabilize again, mentally, numbers, ratios, to kind of relearn the whole system and how my body's going to react with the variables. And then a year later, when I did it with Omnipod Five, it took. I think three to four weeks before I settled in. And that's why I thought the A1C that was just going to be a couple months later was going to be off because there was absolutely a learning curve, significantly more lows, significantly more highs trying to kind of get it balanced. You're not, and it took you a few weeks to get it straight. Yeah. That's yeah. Where, Each that's shift. There was absolutely a learning curve. On, so your, on your I, own too, right? Do you have anybody helping you? I mean, besides your walking buddy? My walking buddy helped me and it was very interesting because once I started listening to the juice box, so her daughter has married and grown and lives in another state. Mm-hmm. So, and then we've got the other couple of families, but it was once I started and I've been telling them all about juice box. Once we started listening to juice box. So I was in the Facebook group mid spring, somebody had recommended it in, I think a Dexcom group. And so I was watching the Facebook group and I'm like, I don't do, I don't have time to do podcasts. I got all these health appointments. I got these doctor's appointments. I don't have time to do podcasts. Um, yeah. And then I got a COVID vaccine. Right. 
and then I was laying in bed. And my, <laughs> so, so then I'm like, I got this. So like I binged over those couple of days. And then I'm like, oh no, I'm sold. I got to find a way to make time to listen to these. Yeah. And so then my support network, then we kind of transitioned. She's like, and I'd say things, she's like, wow. She's like, no, no, no. I think the student has become the teacher. I think, <laughs> I think you know more now than I helped you with. I'm like, but I couldn't have got started without you. So in some of those other families, I'm like, these things that I hear you saying that are problematic or that you're concerned about or whatever. Maybe they aren't. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you can listen to, you know, there might be some solutions. Check this out. Right. I learned this here. Try oh, this. That's so nice. I'm yeah. glad to hear that. Um, there are oh, no, I talked about you at the airport too, like clear and security. And they saw my things. I'm like, Oh yeah. You know, I'm <laughs> thank, like, I'm like, get my CGM. And they're like, what about this? And what about that? I'm like, yeah, but if you really want to learn, you need to check out this podcast. And I write it on a sticky and hand it out. You're very nice. Thank you so much. And probably part of what's happened, been happening to me the past week, I have been recognized in public three times in six days in three different states really yeah it, yeah. it flipped me out honestly yeah happened in yeah. georgia uh-huh. um at a gas station it happened in south carolina while driving on the highway and <laughs> they're it, like that juice box bumper sticker that that guy has wait a minute that's scott driving <laughs> i swear to you a car like kind of drove by me a little and then it dropped back again and then I'm, yep. i looked over thinking like oh i'm going to be shot <laughs> because it was really it was, <laughs> right? it was very strange you know and um i just looked and there's this gentleman there and he's like like i think he was like pointing like i like pointing at himself uh, they point, uh, pointed at his ears and then uh, pointed at me uh, i listened I, to you and yeah. i was like okay and i thought well that <laughs> won't happen again for a while and then we got back home and Arden needed makeup. So we were at the Ulta and yeah. um, this this lady's coming through the door um, and she's got like, she's putting her phone in her pocket. But I noticed, I just have, we're walking to the register yeah. and she's coming in the door and I noticed that her flashlight was on when she stuffed her phone in her pocket and we happened to intersect each other. And so I said, excuse me, I noticed when you put your phone away that the flashlight was on. And I think she just thanked me and we got in line, yeah. Arden and I paid. And we're getting ready to walk out. And then she's sort of there again. And I was like, uh -huh. and she goes, excuse me, do I know you? And like, but I'm close to home now. So I think right, like, right, right. I'm looking at her. Yeah. She's like, seems yeah. like Dolph she's yeah. my age-ish. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And I'm like Kids trying to figure my way through that. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know like where, where from. And she goes, Facebook. And my first thought is I'm never on Facebook, but right. I, but I'm never on Facebook as me. Like right. I'm, I'm on Facebook constantly okay. managing the right. group, right? But I, but my stupid brain just goes like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't really use Facebook. And then she just goes diabetes, and I went, oh yeah, you might know me from that. And then, and then <laughs> we we chatted for a couple of minutes, and then we walked outside, and Arden goes, yo man, if people are gonna be recognizing you, you really have to like step up your game. He, she's like, your shirt doesn't even match your shorts right now. <laughs> And I was like, well, I was making the podcast all day. Yeah, and right. then I took you to the Ulta so I could pay for your makeup. So like, I'm like, I, I'm like. She's like, just give me the money next time. Yeah. She's right. like, you you got to dress better. She's like, you're dragging me down. If people are going to recognize you, they're going to, then they're going to see me. And I was like, okay. And right. she goes, and I look homeless. Yeah. So like, I was like, all right. Um, but anyway, thank you for, for sharing the podcast with people so much. Honestly, when you're talking about it, it's so heartwarming to think of how well it works but I have to tell you, my brain almost immediately after it feels good switches to like, I'm like, why can't you 
reach more people, dummy. Like like me. Like 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 how do yeah, you get to I because yeah. I can see the numbers in my head. Like yeah, I know how right. many devices every day download the show, how many right. episodes they grab. I hear your experience and I think, oh, I'm not reaching enough people. You know? So but, but that's the way of the world and that's the way of medical. We do the same thing too. Do you know how many people who have hearing loss actually have hearing aids? Yeah. Or once and they have them, can use them and can use them, or right. how long it takes. That that statistic last I read it is it's like seven years from onset of when people know they have a hearing loss before they'll actually even try one, and then if you can get it to get them out of the drawer, right? right. So yeah, it's, no, I think I, it's the way of the world. And I know it's not my fault, and I also know the podcast overwhelmingly reaches more people than probably yeah. any other thing in this space. Right. To be perfectly honest, but it still feels like. It just still feels like you're not doing quite enough. Like, because right. there's someone like you, not just someone, like, yeah. look, you had this circle of people yeah. around you who yeah. all were yeah. like telling you what to do. And, and then, and, and then and saved my life, right. literally yeah. and figuratively, got me off on the right foot. I mean, I hear these horror stories of being misdiagnosed as an adult. And, mm-hmm. and that could have been, it could have gone that way very easily. But in a short enough amount of time, it's two years, they're looking at you going, wow, you know a lot about this. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. I think, well, I didn't reach any of them. Yeah. Like, that's how it feels. Yeah. So, but we had, I mean, I don't know. I'm We're getting, working on it. I'm getting old. Like, I got to get to yeah. it now. Yeah. <laughs> I did have a couple of other things that make my story interesting. Please. Um, the, the, the um, oh, now I'm going to have a total blank out. Um, the survey, type one survey. The one the, I did? No. No, not uh, T1D the, the, exchange? That's the one. Okay. So I did that before. Before I found the podcast, but one of the things that they asked about that I'm like, oh, see, I knew it. I knew I had two frozen shoulders mm-hmm. in 2018, 2018. I ended up having surgery on one. We couldn't get it going. And the orthopedic, I went back to the, and I said, I, as I'm still in PT about four months, four weeks post-op, I said, I think the other one's going. He's like, no, I'm like, no, I think the other one's going. No, I know my body. I'm, I, I get He's like, that'd be very unusual. I'm like, I get it. I think, and he looked at it. He's like, the other one's going. Saved myself a second surgery. But so I had two frozen shoulders. He's like, you know, do you have any autoimmune things going on? I'm like, like just the psoriasis as a kid. I mean, on and off minor, minor, that kind of self-treated with cortisone after we learned what it was, not major flares, but that and a little rosacea and the endometriosis. I'm like, so no, not, not major stuff. He's like, I think you need to talk to your GP. I think they need to look for some type of something because I wonder if there's something autoimmune because we don't see the two frozen shoulders. I mean, yeah. it, it's unusual. I'm like, okay. So she did kind of a workup with just a basic sed rate and a basic panel at that point too. Didn't find anything. Did we check for the 5T1D antibodies? No. Right. But then, so I'm wondering even if... That was predisposing, again, if something was happening in mm-hmm. that, I don't remember what they call it now. They don't call it pre-diabetic. But if something had tripped and that I had the antibodies and there was damage being done, but my pancreas was still cranking out enough insulin that I didn't or maybe, until it maybe, tripped with the rest. Maybe the autoimmune Im- implications yeah. even from yeah. the – that made you see yeah. the frozen shoulders led to the type yeah. one too. What can you briefly so the describe? Type 1D, the T1D exchange asked if as an adult, if, for, if I'd had a history of frozen shoulder that they put that in the, oh, okay. the red flags. Can you briefly describe what it was like the frozen sol- shoulder? Yeah. It, so it literally is what it says so that it's something with the nerves in the capsule in the shoulder 
tightening up so that I couldn't move. So I would get shooting, tingling pain down my arms and gradually to avoid that, I stopped moving as where the directions where that goes, right? Because that hurts. And so then I would get less and less range of motion. So, I mean, I couldn't hardly move my arm at all on the first side. And so then basically what they do in the frozen shoulder surgery is they anesthetize you so you don't feel it. And then bust it around. Yeah. Bust it around. Yeah. Yep. I've, yep. heard, I've heard it. And then so terrible. the other side started doing the tingling and stuff. And he's like, no, no, no. It the other side's just fatigue because you're compensating. And I'm like, I get that, but I've also had six orthopedic surgeries on my ankles. I've got a fused ankle, got a complex medical history with orthopedes. And I'm like, I know what my body feels like. And there's a difference between sore and pain and fatigue from overuse. I'm telling you, I'm getting the tingling in my fingertips again. And it's the same thing going on. And he, he's like, you do have it. I'm like, tried to what, tell you. What, what were the Thank surgeries you. on your ankles for? Um, I had a congenital bone defect that there was an extra piece of bone that connected my heel to part of my ankle. They started bothering off. me when I was 10 on one side. And then five orthopedes later, I got a correct diagnosis when I was 16, went away to college. At that point, they told me it was probably in both ankles, but they didn't check the other side because it didn't hurt. They told me they could do surgery. They would have to fuse my ankle and it would be six months in a cast and my leg would forever be atrophied compared to the other. And we're like, yeah, we'll just grin and bear it a little bit longer. He's like, you know. I get the pain, but if the pain is manageable with pain meds, let's wait. By the time I got to college and went to a Big Ten campus, I was walking everywhere. It activated in the other foot. It was not manageable. Went to an orthopedist there who sent me to a specialist in Chicago who said, wow, you're kind of old for this. Usually we see this when people are 10, 11, 12. I'm like, well, let me tell you my history. So um, one surgery on the side that it only had been going for two or three years, and it took five surgeries a fused ankle that didn't totally work. So they went in and broke some bones and realigned things and redid tendons. Um, so. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah, so, That's crazy. How long so, were you laid up from that? And by that point I wasn't laid up six months. I was laid up six weeks. So, oh. I mean, I had a walking cast. Uh, I was able to bear weight on three, four of the surgeries. I was able to bear weight coming straight out of the hospital. And on the other two, I was weight bearing within four weeks wow. and in a cast eight weeks. That's so crazy. Um, So in those five years, medical technology had advanced enough that the grim prognosis that they gave me when I was 16 by the time I was 21 was not so grim. That's pretty great. Do you have any, um, like, what are your better, like, best tips for Omnipod 5? What have you learned along the way? Um, I've learned exactly what you've said to trust what you know, and it's about amount and timing so that even though... Oh, this was one that I heard on one of your recent podcasts. So changing the numbers in automated mode, does it change anything? And I've decided that when I change my insulin to carb ratio, it doesn't change the automated per se and how much it microboluses, but it does change what it predicts I need for a meal. Okay. So it change, it's, it changes what's in the calculator. So it changes how much I'm going to give myself. Yeah. So, but... I have not been afraid to override what it says. Again, trust what Mm -hmm. you need to know. And so I know it's going to take some away right away after I bolus. It will stop the micro doses. So then I got to calculate some of that into what I'm doing. So I have the auto correction off, but if you use the calculator and use the CGM amount, 
you can only turn it off so far. So it still wants to take some away. And so I've learned to trust what I know is going to happen and either accept, depending on the activity level, accept that reduction or say, no, 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 I want the full amount. So you've just basically taken good practices and applied it to how the algorithm works. Correct. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. I just recently listened, and I'm sorry, I don't remember her name, but the team player one, I totally agree with that. The episode where the title was even Omnipod 5 is a team player, that that I take what I know and use that to make my life simpler. Mm-hmm. Again, just to give me more bandwidth to deal with the rest of the stuff that's in my life. Yeah, I think it's valuable if people can get out of their head that the any pump, like Omnipod 5 is what we're talking about, but any of them that are automated, that they're just going to be perfect and you're not going to have to do anything. Like if you can just get rid of that idea at first, I think you're going to be much better off. And then, you know, do what you know is what works. And then when when it's smooth sailing, just enjoy it. Like overnight, I imagine your overnights are probably great. With Omnipod yes. 5, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, times away from, like, heavy carbs are probably terrific, yep. stuff like that. Yep. Yeah, it's it just... What's hard for me with the pump is that I don't eat heavy carbs. So when I want a gluten-free piece of birthday cake, or my daughter's graduated from high school, if I wanted to have things, because I don't have celiac, I know that these things that I avoid, what they'll do to my body, but they're not life-threatening or dangerous in the long term. I fully believe from all of my physicians and understanding of how my body works that I have these food sensitivities and inflammations because of the decades that I took NSAIDs as anti-inflammatories to manage the pain in my orthopedic issues. Oh, interesting. And so my gut is not what we would prefer it to be, working on healing that. And so... I know what the food sentence. So corn will give me rashes on my elbows, arms, and face. I mean, so that I know what it is. So if I choose to do it yeah. just to enjoy what the group's doing, then I don't know what to do. I mean, because then I'm Insulin doing my best wise. guess, but yeah. I don't have enough experience to know right. how much do I give up front? How much do I give an hour later? And so that's where my spikes come from. Is just still, I feel like I'm, even though I'm several years in, early days in the learning curve because I don't eat that way often enough to know how to manage. Mm-hmm. Eh, that's very interesting. And, you know, I, I just did, I mean, I just put up an episode today with mm-hmm. um, the founder of Beta Bionics. So they, that new eyelet um, mm-hmm. uh, bionic pancreas. Yeah. And um, uh, we spoke for two hours. And, it was clear what they did was they they made a device that can get your A1C to about a seven, but it's with almost no effort. And mm-hmm. and I realized as he was talking, like at first I thought, oh, people are going to be like, well, why, why why can't I do it for this? And, my, and then I just thought, like, why are we talking about what it isn't? Like like look at what it it is. It is. Yeah, you know, there are so many people living with double digit A1Cs who are going to have terrible ends much sooner right. than necessary. They can't can't, won't, et cetera, what, for, it doesn't matter the reasons, right? They're not getting diabetes right. the way you're getting it. And you're telling me I put this thing on them and yeah, their blood sugars, he, he said like you might see spikes to 200, they might stay for a while, but they're going to come down. And when it's all said and done, you might have an A1C around seven. And, you know, and I thought, well, that's great. Like he's targeted a section of the population who's suffering greatly, who was never going to get relief. And, right. you know, and I'm, my thought was, is I don't 
want the online community or people who are doing, you know, like who understand it the way you and I do to be like, well, that's not good enough. Like for you, it's not good enough. It's an insane improvement for them. Right. You know? And so I don't know, like, I just think that it's important to talk about it that way. And um, I don't know if we have always. So anyway. Um, Support network. The other piece, I just had that note down here too. Yeah. There were two other pieces as we're kind of looking at the interior. The other piece that made my case, I think, interesting and a little bit of um, more of a stressor when you asked how I accepted it, we had to get over one hurdle, which is my dad died of pancreatic cancer. Mm -hmm. So with this fairly sudden onset of mine, the endo did immediately, once I got in in three weeks, order a full CT and panel to make sure that that wasn't why my pancreas suddenly stopped working. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. That was worth looking at. And I'm glad yeah. that wasn't the And then problem. once we got past that and went, oh, no, that's not it, then then it was easier to accept. And then I do have a husband at home who is very helpful and does 95% of the cooking and so forth. Oh, um, but yeah. that has been a, a training piece, too. Well, you've he been adapted to him. all my anti-inflammatory, and then I'm like, no, but this matters. We finally had a discussion when I'm like, no, 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 you are balancing all this, and I so appreciate all of the cooking you do and all of the help and the grocery shopping and all of that. But, mm-hmm. but you don't get to tell me that you just adjusted this little bit and it won't matter and it won't hurt because you don't know how much exercise I got that day or you know yeah. <laughs> what time the sun came out or what time my shower was or if I just had a pod change or not. So I do most 90% of the management, but it's hard because I do 90% of the management in that 10% of the time I need help. He doesn't kind of like me with the carbs. He doesn't have the experience to to help. Yeah. Well, listen, wants to help, but he doesn't have, he's still a boy. You'll be training him his whole life. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So, so those were the last couple of things. I mean, the CT scan and then the fact that, yeah. So, I mean, I remember one time, he went to go get takeout for us and I'm like, no, I need to eat. And this was early days within probably the first couple of months. And I think the first month on a pump, no, I think I was still on MDI and he went to go get takeout. So I didn't dose before he went, but my numbers are all over the place. And I'm like, I need to eat. I need to eat because my numbers are dropping and I haven't dosed and I'm just in that honeymoon. And there was a problem at the store and his phone died because he's a boy and he hadn't charged it. Mm. And so he's sitting at the Mexican restaurant getting ready to bring home food and have an, a margarita. And I'm like, where is my food? And I can't call him. <laughs> and he came back and I'm like, you didn't, you were gone an hour and 20 minutes. And why were you gone? And he's like, why didn't you order takeout? And I'm like, because I couldn't remember how my numbers had, I mean, so yeah. the brain fog that comes, that was the hardest part for me as an adult, especially a type A firstborn control freak that I didn't seem that I noticed to have that mental fog uh, up leading uh, on the uptick to diagnosis. But when we started bringing my numbers down, hmm. I remember very much trying to balance some of my daughter's medical records and my mom helping me. And I'm going, no, my brain hurts. No, I don't have a headache. I just, I well, can't think. Yeah. And that's something I, um, I, uh, look what happens. Just one margarita. Look where you ended up. I know, uh, right? Yeah. yeah. And but I, I, I mean, I can't, I can't think. I mean, and so the loss of that, and I had fog. no vision problems until they tried to break my sugars down. Yeah, that happens too, right? So uh, they said, "Aren't it wasn't your vision blurry before?" I'm like, "No, it didn't seem to change. Mm-hmm. It didn't." So as my sugars were rising pre-diagnosis, I didn't notice a difference. But as soon as we tried to drop them, I did. Yeah, I have a, a thing for you at the end here, so I want to ask you sure. before I get to that if if we've missed anything or or. No, I knew you were going to ask, so I threw those couple things in about the good. CT scan and about my husband. So I'm good. That well, was my list. I'm going to thank you for a second, okay? 
you um, very much by mistake are the perfect person to be on this podcast today. And this is going to seem sad, but um, it is sad. But about two or three hours ago, I was woken up from a phone call um, that my mom was having a stroke. Oh, and no. She's li- I know your mom's had health. Yeah, yeah, she's in surgery right now. They're removing a clot. And talking to you oh. really helped to pass this hour for me. I, I really, I, I really appreciate it. And because of your um, type A nature, I, yeah. like, when you started talking at the beginning, I thought, oh, good. I'm not going to have to talk too much. And, <laughs> and um, But at the same time, just having this conversation, I got lost in it a number of times. I forgot about what was going on. It was really helpful oh, for me. And as I was, as I'm watching, I got people don't mm-hmm. know, like I, I, there's a timer running in front of me yep. while we're talking. Right. So right. it counts up. Yep. And, um, I know you're on a schedule here because you're, you're, you're on vacation, which is lovely of you to do this during vacation. I also like knew like that number is going to get to the end and, and I'm going to, I'm going to have to get back on the stuff. phone and get back on the phone and find out about my mom. So I am actually going to get off with you in a moment. Perfect. I am going to, um, I'm going to look, oddly, I'm not choked up. My, my throat just, kind yeah. of, um, I am going to look for flights and I am going to, con- and we're going to, my brother and I are going to fly out to where my other brother is and, and see my mom. We have no idea what's going on. I spoke to the surgeon, um, to make the last decision about what to do. Um, and we got to talk, we talked to my mom before she went into surgery. Um, but anyway, this was really, you did a really nice thing for me today. You don't know it. So well, thank, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it very much. Um, if you hold on for one second, I'll, sure. I'll button this up for you. Yep. A huge thanks to Denise for coming on the show and sharing her story with us. And I also want to thank Omnipod for being a longtime sponsor and remind you that you go to Omnipod.com slash to learn more and get started. Don't forget about U.S. Med, usmed.com forward slash juice box, 888-721-1514. Call or use the link, get started today with U.S. Med. If you're looking for community around type 1 diabetes, check out the Juice Box Podcast private Facebook group, Juice Box Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes. But everybody is welcome. Type 1, Type 2, gestational, loved ones, it doesn't matter to me. If you're impacted by diabetes and you're looking for support, comfort, or community, check out Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes on Facebook. If you're not already subscribed or following in your favorite audio app, please take the time now to do that. It really helps the show. And get those automatic downloads set up so you never miss an episode. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast. The episode you just heard was professionally edited by Wrong Way Recording, wrongwayrecording.com.